Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Starting off uh, this new season, I had to bring along a friend, a soror, um, <laughs> the amazing this is how this is this is how she told me <laughs> to announce there you go it's all true. <laughs> the one and only the original dream girl uh, uh-huh. you see her everywhere in everything i mean my kids are like oh my god miss cheryl was in that i'm like yeah she's been around <laughs> she she's she's written the book um the amazing the incomparable Shirley Ralph, how are you, Soror? Oh, Soror, and how wonderful I get to call you that, because you and I always knew that we were connected. We always had a good friend vibe, mm-hmm. but now I get to call you Soror, which means sister of the highest order, DST. Yes. <laughs> I feel the love, and I thank you so much. And if you're wondering, if you're wondering uh, what sorority it is Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> Absolutely, my dear. Yes. Absolutely. Well, you know, Cheryl, I wanted to talk to you because you are so vocal and so so strongly opinionated on the on, on the side of right um, and for the good of the people and the culture uh, as it relates to issues of politics and humanity. Um, and both are, are, are kind of bucking heads right now you know you would think that politics would be humanity but it's like just the they're polar opposites now um let's just let's just throw out some topics Mm. let's throw out the issue of guns right now Mm. Um, our community the black community has been reeling from issues of guns for years and now um once again it's on the table but the second amendment is what people want to uphold instead of upholding the right for people to live without being shot and safely. What are your thoughts about the NRA and the president right now trying to figure out where they're going? It's very interesting to me that we can't choose people first. I'm stunned that human life is, it just costs so much less than we can imagine. Because see, we're a capitalist nation. And a whole bunch of capitalists have wrapped their idea around the fact that they need guns. All kinds of crazy guns. Why anybody needs an AK-47 in their collection, in their home, in their space. To me, I just don't get it. But backed by a whole lot of money, a whole lot of people say, we need our rifles. We have the right to be armed. And I just don't understand how we see so many lives drop down dead before us. And as a nation, as a people, as 
a culture that, that we are, even a capitalist culture, we cannot say lives are more valuable. We must put a stop to this. We must put a stop to this. We can't do it. And it, I'm baffled, absolutely baffled. Well, so are Cheryl. Um, you know, I had, um, and I think a lot of people, a lot of black people in this nation either know someone or have been uh, closely linked to gun violence. My Come on, uncle was shot in Baltimore um, mm. by a man mm. who I'm started so shooting. He, he and his sister, he was in his 80s and his sister's in the 90s and they were just going across the street to get a sandwich in broad daylight shot. But by the grace of God, they're alive. And there's so many people wow. who are not alive. We deal with this in our inner city communities quite a bit. And then when we hear about the mass shootings, we forget that this is an ongoing issue. It's not Come on now. Yes, in our community, it is an everyday occurrence. You know, I, when you talk about gun violence, and I think about just my life, I could start with my freshman year at Rutgers University. I will never forget moving in, being comfortable, and my father showing up with that look on his face. He didn't call me. He just showed up at my dormitory to tell me that my grandmother and grandfather had been shot. My grandfather was shot and killed. My grandmother was shot. She was always, you know, a beautiful woman, and she was shot in her face. And it just changed everything about our family from those two gun blasts, you know? I won't get into all the, all the details of it, but move to the future, and in the middle of a morning, one day I get a call from my daughter with that sound in her voice saying that my son has been shot. And uh, I, I remember just hearing those words and trying to figure out why, 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 thinking that he was dead, he was not dead. He had been shot three times. He survived the shot, almost lost his leg. And it, it's interesting, he has a scar on his forehead, and the detectives told me, you know, that he had been pistol whipped. And, uh, you know, when everything was all wrapped up, they said, Miss Ralph, we just couldn't tell you that that was the third bullet that missed your son. And I, I think, you know, whoa, how close we all came to losing my child. You know, so gun violence for me, when we talk about it, I'm not just talking to talk, I'm talking about what, like you, I have experienced in my life and the pain of what it means to lose somebody in your family to senseless gun violence and what the pain of almost losing people in your family to senseless gun violence. And, it's, and, it's horrible. Yeah. And this goes back to the fact that so many people are touched by this. And I don't understand why there's not an outcry. You know, we hear about H.R. 8. Um, it's talking about closing the gun show loophole and closing the um, online uh, purchasing loophole. They've been dealing about clo dealing with closing the gun show loophole since I came to Washington 22 years so, ago. But now 22 years. Shooting Bambi. Now, let's just let's just tell people what that is. They are simply saying that if you go to a gun show and you want to buy a gun, they must run a checkup on you. They must run. They, they, they got to see. Are you OK? Are, are you the person that you say you are? Are you in your right mind? Should you be owning a gun? Who are you? 
a background check. Is there something wrong with that? If you were going to adopt children, they'd give you a background check. Check. You know, name all the things that we do in everyday life. They run a background check. But to buy an AK-47, to buy a gun, they cannot wrap their brains around running a background check. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and what's crazy to me is is that now why are we talking why are we even talking about assault weapons? It makes no sense that we go to uh game hunt, shoot Bambi or squirrels with with a military style rifle. I don't understand this. So we are in a time where people matter. And if enough of us rise up to say, Look, you know, we're not trying to take your gun away, there needs to be some kind of restrictions and background checks you know the nra gets upset because there is any kind of restriction on a gun uh, they want to rise up but there are too many people too many instances too many sick people out here who continue to shoot so now you just said something that was in, in that was very interesting sick people now we want to also close our eyes and ears and minds to the fact that there are a lot of sick people out there now when people do things like when children do things like enjoy pulling the wings off of flies, that is a sign that something is wrong. It's a sign. When young people like to set dogs on fire, that is a sign that something is wrong. When teenagers going into manhood like to hit women, that is a sign that something is wrong. But these are all things that we want to close our minds, our hearts, our ears to. So when people turn a game into taking an AK-47 and shoot Bambi and other wild animals, you see how the sickness has grown. But we think it's a party. We think it's okay. If they've got enough money to do that, they should be able to do that. When in reality, open up your mind, your heart, open up your ears. It's a sickness grown up. And now it's rich. That's true. That's a problem. It is a problem. It is a problem. And I mean, just it's crazy. You know, you and I are affected. Everyone is affected. I'm not saying everyone. It's 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 something for low income, middle income or upper income. Everyone is affected. And I mean, I didn't know the story about your grandparents and my heart breaks and I'm sorry to hear that and about your son and you know and I'm sure you didn't know about my uncle but everyone has a story and it should yes, be do. we should have the right to be able to live freely without any being riddled with bullet holes but that's a whole nother story so politics is personal and what I say for all of you who are listening to us you know find in this political season of elections and 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 listening to candidates get them to hold them accountable Listen to what they have to say about issues of guns because it relates to you. It relates to you. And some of the reason why I like talking to, to Shirley Ralph is because she is married to a politician. Yes, <laughs> I am. A Pennsylvania state lawmaker. And I would love to hear the conversations at dinner, on the phone, at Thanksgiving in that house. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, how They're pretty doggone good, I tell you. Yeah. They are pretty doggone good. And you, celebrate, you, know, you just celebrated a wedding anniversary. 
Oh, girl, we just celebrated 14 years of marriage, 17 years together, wow. and we keep growing and loving together. And it's, it's very interesting. You know, people always say, you all make it look so easy. I said, okay, I love the fact that you think it looks so easy, but our relationship, like any other relationship, is something that we work at. We work at keeping it together. We continue to try and open up the the ways of conversation to each other because the fir- one of the first ways your relationships start to sink is when you figure out how not to communicate with each other. That's it right. is the downfall of almost every relationship ever. Besides having to remodel a house. Now, that'll kill a relationship <laughs> fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want this towel. No, I want that towel. Oh, my God. Exactly. I can imagine. But, you know, I want to say one thing. You know, when it comes to this whole issue of gun violence, you know, with my Diva Foundation, you know, I founded it to really, really raise awareness around HIV and AIDS using artistic activism. And we've now opened it up to include other life-threatening diseases, including in life-threatening diseases. We are including gun violence because right about now that's about as life-threatening as you can get just waking up and stepping outside your door in the morning anybody it could be in the in the line of fire of a bullet so one of the things we did my son and myself and a wonderful young filmmaker Deshaun Flyer just created and finished a piece called first day back a film short first day back and it is all about what happens in guns when guns go off in our community and lives are are lost like you and i were talking earlier it happens to us every day in our community well how does that affect our children how does it affect them in school the film short is called first day, day back you're going to be able to see it at the TNEC Film Fest, at the TNEC International Film Festival. They saw it and screened it for young people. These young people said, whatever, whatever else you film, whatever else you screen, this film, First Day Black, this is our, our winner. All of our students need to see this. Um, Memphis Film Festival is looking at this film. Uh, the Pan-African International Film Festival is looking at the film for us simply saying our children matter, our black lives matter. Gun violence in our community is something we have to really, really consider and stop because this whole issue of black-on-black death by bullet has got to stop. It's got to stop. We're losing too many great and wonderful people, potential greatness in our community by gun violence, and guns are too easy to be gotten so i i encourage you if it comes out it comes you see it in your neighborhood take your kids and go see first day back wow and and i want to before we close out because we only have a few more minutes and i just wanted to go chat with you because it's always interesting to hear your perspective on things um there's a recent report recent story that just came out um as we've been talking um on this podcast the NYPD has fired Officer Pantaleo, the man who uh, did the fatal chokehold of Eric Garner, who cried out 11 times, I can't breathe. Um, they're now firing him. He's not charged federally for any crime, but he has been fired from the NYD Police Department. Um, and that is, a, that is a time when we hear um, rapper Jay-Z 
say that, you know, we're over taking the knee. You know, the time is over. <laughs> you know. You have to forget, first of all, I always say Jay-Z is one of those people It's sort of like you have to consider. Uh, you know, this is a second statement of something that he said that's given me pause. I remember back in the day, it wasn't until he realized, I guess, that he loved his wife and his first child was a daughter, that he realized that maybe you shouldn't call all women bitches. It took that. You have to look, look that up. Look that up. Because when that statement was made by him, I was like, what? What? So now when you say we are past the knee, remember, we are a capitalist nation. He or she who dies with the most money wins. Not having done the best for others, not having loved and um, lived well. No, not that person. He or she who dies with the most money wins. Okay, and that's becoming more prevalent as with every day that orange man is in office. The worst in people is coming out. So when you say we are long past the knee, I want to think that we have taken your thoughts out of context, that you didn't complete your thought. There was more that you wanted to say. You, you wanted to say something like, we are way past uh, taking a knee because I'm going to take complete ownership of five of your teams, me and my friends with the money. That's what you wanted to say. You didn't want to leave it for us to think, oh, hell, did he really just say that? That's not what you meant. So when I listen to that, I think, you know, his, we, we, he didn't finish his thought because he couldn't have meant what he said because that would have meant that he threw the good of Colin Kaepernick under the bus. But it, we are also in a climate when it's easy to throw those who do good under the bus. It's easy because good doesn't really matter. In fact, if you can get that money from the lawsuit, Colin Kaepernick, maybe you can be in the class and, and buy a team of your own. See, it's all BS. Mm. It's all been messed up. So that's just what I think. I got you. And that's what I want. I want to hear your thoughts. But in my, in my humble opinion, you know, mm. if we're still talking about Eric Garner in 2019, and that happened several years ago, you know, we still need people to to remind us to take the knee because anytime you still have Sean King reporting every day about police involved abuses and killings, we still need to take a knee. Um, you know, girlfriend, we are, you know, you and I know this. Yeah. You and I understand this. But a different playbook was written back in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. It was written back in the day when these founding fathers and friends of the founding fathers got in a back room and said, look, these people are going to reproduce in numbers we did not expect. The Browning and America if, that they don't like. There you go. Come on. We have got to make sure that we ruin them from the core of their humanity that we keep them feeling like our foot is on our neck. This is all written down. So it's all written down, and it has been kept up 
to this day. So there are people who live yeah. to keep us down and out. So if we're talking about hundreds of years ago, let's really go back to 400 years ago from the time that we allegedly, the time that they marked us first coming here to the United right. States. Uh, the first Which the big marker is this year and nobody's really paying attention to it here in this country right. at all. At all. 1619, 1619, 1619. 19. Now, now, here's the thing. from and, and people wonder, oh, there's no issue. Yes, from the time that the slaves were brought to America to today, the slaves were dealt with by sheriffs. You know, they the policing was already on the necks of black America from the time the Come slaves on. got here to today. So, till today. Till today. And Sean King People don't understand. They don't realize or know that this whole thing of policing was created to keep the slaves in line. That's right. Thank you. And with that, they don't. They don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, you and I need to write that book. Four hundred things you don't know about being black in America, Girl, and you should. Let's do it. Let's do it because I'm partnering on another book with Victoria Christopher Murray, uh, a novel. I'm tired of writing about my life here at the White House with the president. That that's over and done. Maybe we should. <laughs> Okay, and you know what? We might laugh at that, April, but it has got to be over and done with. Because if we don't come out of the woodwork Mm. and do everything possible, and I think voting starts right now. Voting starts getting up and talking to everybody in your church, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your family, in your circle of social media friends, how important it is to get that orange man out of office because it, it, it the repercussions of another four years of him in office is the likes of what it must have been when all the rich Jewish population who backed Hitler when he first came out. Remember, you, you remember in history class, you learned this, how there were certain classes of people and Jewish people were a part of it, and they funded this bright politician who was going to change things in Germany, and his name was Hitler. And by the time they realized he was coming for them, it was too late. Mm -hmm. And those who didn't take their money and leave Germany, we all know what happened then. We all know what happened then. So we better come on out and support ourselves in saying to people, this man has got to go. I don't care if you didn't participate the last four years. You better participate now, honey, because we are needed like never before. And black women, I said, I said it, and I'm going to say it again. Black women will turn the tide of this election. They did it in Selma. They did it in they did it in the Black Belt in Alabama. They're going to do it again. But you know, I always put up the peace sign. You know, peace out. Peace is for peace, but it also is a V. That peace can be a V for vote. Come on now. That's what I'm saying. So I'm gonna keep throwing that peace sign up. Vote my V. My peace and Come my on. are the same. Come on and vote, Shirley Ralph. My soror. I mean, what are you in right now? You are all over the place. You're on Instagram. I mean, she was showing us all her beautiful pictures of her anniversary, her wedding anniversary, with Pat, the likes of Patti LaBelle and her wedding party. Who else? You had a lot of major people in your wedding party. Oh, girl, let me tell you, I just called up all my good girlfriends. I called up Loretta Devine. That's right. I called up Jennifer Lewis. 
I called up Patty LaBelle. I called up Judge Maybelline. Lisa I Nash. called up A.J. Johnson. I called them all. I called Miss Nancy Wilson, who was such a wonderful That's person right. to me my whole career. I called up all my friends. I said, would you please stand with me? Miss Nancy didn't stand with me. She chose to sit. But <laughs> I just called my friends and I said, would you stand with me? And they said, Cheryl, of course. And it was just the most amazing time in my whole life. Just amazing and beautiful. Although I have to tell you, Patty and Jennifer Lewis, the two of them were like, first of all, it was Patty. Patty said, uh, Cheryl, you do know I can sing, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, Patty. And she said, well, girl, why didn't you ask me to sing at this wedding? And I said, because I just wanted you to stand with me oh. and be with me. And she just looked at me quietly with her hand on her hip for a minute. And then she said, I give you points for that. I respect you. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, so, so many wonderful moments in my life with getting married to Vincent. Yeah. I tell you, girl. Wow. Thank you for bringing that up. That You're was a welcome. good old I mean, time. I watch you. Look, I'm following you on Instagram. You have the diva, diva. What's your What's your handle, diva? Diva three four eight two. That's diva in letters, diva in numbers. Diva three four eight two on my Instagram. Follow, follow, follow me down the Instagram road. And look, and and, and my kids cannot believe because because uh, Cheryl gives my kids wisdom because one of them sings and and wants to act and she's shy but she's giving her wisdom and they see you on Moesha. That's like. Oh my gosh! I'm like, yes. I was watching a rerun of you and Moesha the other day, and I was just smiling. But you're, what are Aww. you doing now? What are you doing now, girlfriend? Let me tell you, it has been the most exciting year. You know, I and I and I have to thank God because sometimes God has a way of working things out. I lost my mother in um, October of last year, and when you lose a good mother, a praying mother, it's it's a void that can never be filled, and. I really started to go in this place where I was so sad and it was as if God said, you know what, let me put this woman to work so that she can think about some other things. And from the grace of God and the passing of my mother, I was asked to go back to Ray Donovan. So everybody who has great love for the character of Claudette on Ray Donovan, Claudette and Mickey will be getting back together again, but honey, we don't know how it's going to turn out. I'm working on a new show by the creator of Claws. Elliot Lawrence has written a new show called Motherland. And Motherland is, ooh, honey, let me tell you, you this is a real witch story. And it's, uh, it's quite exciting. So I love that because I play the president of the United States. I said, gosh, can't you just call me Michelle? Just make me <laughs> President Michelle. But they said, no, it'll be too close. But that's really what they wanted to do. And you played so the I'll press be doing, secretary. Go ahead. You played the press secretary in Wicked on Broadway. How about that? But now you're the president. All right. See, I've, I've moved up. I've gone from press secretary <laughs> to president of the United States. I don't know if that's a lateral move, but it's definitely an upward trajectory. So I'm doing that. And then, you know, this past week I was doing... Um, the third episode, I did the third episode of a black lady's sketch show. And I have to say something, April, you know, I've lived, I've worked my whole career without cursing, right? Gabrielle like, Dennis did that, right? Say what? That's Gabrielle Dennis's uh, activity, the black woman sketch show, right? Black girl sketch show on HBO. 
Yeah. Yes. So with that, um, I cursed in this episode. Lord, the number of people who were like, oh, my God, she cursed. And I said, you never know. You see how people are paying attention or what they're listening to. But I was like, oh, my God. Somebody has been listening all this time and watching, and they were like, oh, she cursed. And I was like, I haven't cursed since my very first film. And that, they dubbed it over so that everybody could hear it. But I just thought that was so interesting. People do pay attention. They really pay attention. And what else am I doing, girlfriend? You know what? I'm going to hang up from talking with you, and I'm going to realize there were four or five (laughs) things I should have said. You know, we did talk about First Day Back, the film, you know, producing that, which I love producing because I'm able to use my connection with people and connect them to with, thing, with things that are important, with things that'll make a difference. And I'm all about that. And hopefully, you know, maybe I'll do some directing. We'll see what happens. If you need a member of the press, you know where to get me for that You show. know I know how to call you, girl. I got your phone number. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> the incomparable, the amazing, the actress, the wife, the mother, the friend. The Soror. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Soror. Shirley Ralph, um, I just thank you. I just thank you. I love talking to you. You know, sometimes, you know, it's always good to have that good girlfriend chat. People need to hear that kind of thing. Say, oh, my God, I feel the same way or nah, but I respect her. You know, people need to hear good conversation that's civil without all that that rancor and the, the, the hate. We forgot what that looked like. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I find in my community, in my social media community, especially on my Instagram, people have found out, figured out how to agree to disagree publicly. And I appreciate the fact that that rancor is not there, that people do not get ugly. And when people misbehave, people come back in a kind fashion and say, hey, is all of that necessary? You know, and it just gets shut down. So I don't know whether we're a social experiment in good behavior or how to how to interact with each other in this day and age. But I'm very happy that I'm seeing good behavior, even with people when they pop off. It's just like, okay, well, now let's just bring it back. And it just seems to work. And you are absolutely right. That sort of a discourse is very, very necessary because we're forgetting how to do it. We're forgetting how to be civil. We're forgetting how to be human with each other. And it's important that we don't forget it. Well, Shirley, Ralph, I so appreciate you. And thank you so much for joining me with On the Record with April Ryan. You are amazing. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, my sorrow, my sister, my friend. And I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.